right. Welcome to the uh, Cowboy Connection podcast. I believe this is episode eight we're starting with. Tonight, we're kind of a kind of a short crew, just me and JR. Bill, uh, Bill and Tad are both both hard at it working. And uh, and shoot, we're two days late from our normal schedule. So so uh, it's been a it's been a hectic, busy week for for everybody. JR, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, shoot, can't complain. Just picking away here. Uh, my job's not nearly as hard as Bill and Tad's. All I got to do is chase my little one around. So I have a fun job. Well, I think people would object to that if they saw you unloading a pallet of feed off a truck uh, and putting it in the <laughs> barn uh, and doing that while you're in a wheelchair. I think people might object to that thought right there. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's all good hey uh hey what's easy for some people is hard for others right so cute uh, well two weeks ago we had a had a great conversation man i loved it i got a lot of positive feedback on our conversation about the book of jude and uh and so after after we finished up that night we said okay what's next and and this time i i had the the stirring in me. I felt like uh, uh, it'd be good to have a conversation with with all you boys about the notion of works versus grace and what that means. And, and I pulled it out of the book of Ephesians, looking at Ephesians chapter two uh, and, and, and all of that first one through 10 really talks about um, uh, grace through faith. But uh, chapter two, verse eight says, for it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. Uh, it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And uh, like we've said before, that's it. We don't talk about it anymore for the next two weeks. We may text with each other and visit. But, but when we come back together two weeks later, we have no idea where uh, everyone else was uh, in their studies. And, uh, and JR, I don't know about you, but I just got rocked. I just got rocked. I got taken all over the, the Bible, all over the word of God, studying this notion of works versus grace <clears throat> and what it means uh, to uh, be saved by grace through faith. And, uh, <clears throat> But uh, so I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have. But but uh, like I said earlier, I thought it might be fun just to get a little update from uh, from you for those who aren't aware. Um, let's see. It was the fall of 2019 or 18 that you had your 2000, September 22nd, 2018. 18. You were down there in Pasadena, Texas, yep. right? Pasadena, yep. Yeah, trying right to of Houston. Right there in the top fifteen, trying to battle a battle to stay in the top fifteen, and uh, and you had a wreck. I've watched that video so many times. Young, young bucking horse hadn't had too many outs. Uh, came out of the chute, kind of did a half circle, ran head first right into the chute reared up on its hind legs and, and, uh, and just kind of reloaded, just kind of hopped and reloaded and reset you right back, right back on your rigging and then flipped over backwards and, 
and snapped your back. I can remember yeah. old Donnie Gay was horseback with a microphone in his hand and, and, uh, and, and you could hear the surprise in his voice. It was, it was quite a shock and, and, uh, and man, it's been quite a journey since then. I don't know that, that uh, it, it's kind of funny how many people uh, even outside the rodeo world know, know of you, know of your incident. But uh, for those that are, that have been listening to us and, and, uh, and kind of starting to, to get into listening to our podcast uh, or those who haven't heard from you in a while, why don't you give a little update about uh, how things are going with you and where you're at in, in all of this. Um, well, I think right off the bat, I'm a victim of Romans 828. Um, well, God, uh, took a bad situation and has dang sure made good come out of it. Um, my wife and I, we have been humbly blessed the last two and a half years. Um, I've reached more people through the through the wreck and been able to show God's grace and goodness through the, through the wreck. Um, then I had ever reached being a top tier cowboy in the pro rodeo world. So it just amazes me daily amazes me. Um, how much good has come out of the situation. I know a lot of people scoff at that, but Seriously, I don't get me wrong. It sucks. I, I, I hate being in a wheelchair too, but, um, seriously, there's been countless people that have reached out to me for encouragement that have reached out to me and said, just the seeing how you react has got me closer to God. Um, just seeing how how our family reacts um, has has made them think about their faith. Um, so yeah, I just keep rocking and rolling. Um, I spent seven or eight months in rehab away from home. The closer we got to having our first baby, we decided to come home. Um, I've been doing rehab. We set up an at home gym. I've been doing rehab at the house extensively since then. Um, I touch base with my therapists, uh, every now and then go back down to Utah and get retested, make sure I'm still progressing. Everything's on the up and up, it's slow and minimal, but we're still gaining. Um, I recently just got, uh, to go ahead to go back down to Houston and do some exoskeleton trials. So basically a robot that'll help me walk, get a go trial, the old system versus the new system for three weeks. So that'll be good. Um, tried some stem cell therapy last spring, about a year ago this time, uh, seeing some results from that, uh, just realistically, um, the recovery is pretty minimal as far as feeling goes. I still don't have much feeling. I have some sensation like, uh, tingling and burning and some of that stuff. Um, movement wise, it's, it's all pretty minimal, but, uh, any movement in this game is huge movement or huge improvements. So, um, I can move my hip flexors. I can crawl on my hands and knees. Uh, I'm able to start raising my legs up and kind of start squeezing them together and stuff. So 
uh, we're still gaining, and I'm still believing full-heartedly that um, I will walk again. And even on my bad days, that uh, that's what gets me through is is God's goodness and God's grace. And um, I believe that I'm a faith I've been healed. So um, just keep believing and keep striving to get better and reach as many people along the way as I can. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I'll tell you. <clears throat> I, uh, I, Jr. and I've become good friends over the last few years, and and uh, and I think that that Jr. and Shelby are two, just two of the the finest people in the world. But but uh, what what's even more fun is just being around them. They're just they're just fun to be around. They're they're just you know uh, you can just see the fruits of the spirit manifesting in them. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, all the peace and, and, and gentleness and, and all that stuff that comes out of them. But, but, uh, Jr. has got a message and, uh, and he is, uh, not ashamed of the gospel in any way, shape, form or fashion. And I've, I've had plenty of opportunities to do interviews with him and, uh, to, you know, he's been to my rodeo Bible camp here in Matitsu, Wyoming several times, the two of them together. And, and, uh, uh, he's still, He's still coaching, still involved in the sport of rodeo. You're judging PBR bull ridings and and uh, and everything else. But uh, I guess one of the most significant things is that you are available for anything Jesus asks you to do, aren't you? Yeah, I uh, I've done a well. I've always thought that I was, and I've always told myself that I was. And I've done a lot of growing and a lot of learning in the last two and a half years. And it really, it really ground, obviously right off the bat, you're grounded and start searching um, to God for answers. I've never, ever asked uh, why me, Um, but I constantly ask, when am I going to be healed? And um the longer I've asked that, the more I've learned, the more I've grown. And realistically, for the last 10 years, I was pretty self-centered. I was, I, I mean, I always gave the glory to God in, my, in the rodeo world, but um, that, that was always kind of, a, kind of a self-centered, self-centered uh, Sorry, little one's trying to talk to me. It was all right. a self-centered goal, basically. Um, and the the more the more I've been isolated and in my word and in prayer, searching, seeking, um, I've became more available and and really have have given given everything back to God and have have really seeked him out seeked his plan for my life and seek what he what what it is that he wants me to do and and uh, honestly um if he told me to pack everything up and head to africa tomorrow i would listen because i feel like i've in the last two and a half years have grown have grown grown that close i might have to uh talk my wife into that a little bit but for the most part yeah i i am available try to remain available and i'm not perfect in any form or fashion but i i definitely believe that uh 
God sends me people to encourage and inspire. And that's even on my bad days, that's what I try to do is, is know that he has a plan. He has a time, a perfect time and, and just try to be an inspiration encouragement to anybody along the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's what people need to see. You know, I, I've, uh, uh, we all go through struggles. We all go through trials. We all have hard times. And, and even on occasion, we kind of get into our own little pity parties. And, uh, and, you know, when you think about, when you think about other people, um, uh, I think most people can always look at others and say, well, at least I don't have it that bad. And, uh, uh, you know, and I've even heard that attitude coming out of your mouth, you know, uh, uh, I sit here and, and think of the, the, all the ranch rodeos I've watched, I've announced up there in Montana where you've been a judge and you've been horseback and, uh, uh, you still get horseback. You're still dragging calves to the fire. You're still, you know, uh, starting colts. You're still, you, you know, you may be a little slower at some things, but like I said earlier, you're still unloading feed off the bed of your pickup truck, and putting it in the barn and everything else. And, uh, and all that comes from a determination that, that really comes from the Lord. And, uh, and, and, uh, and so, you know, you could, you know, I think the thing that's, that's most significant as I have visited with you and prayed with you and hung out with you over these last couple of years, um, you know, there have been times that you have gotten angry, been frustrated, but I feel like as I've talked to you, they've all, they've really only been momentary because you have, uh, you and your wife both have always um, reset and turned your face back to Jesus. And, uh, and in the grand scheme of life, that's our, that's ultimately what we have to do in the midst of our struggles and trials is turn our face back to Jesus. And, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things I admire most about you guys. So, so I consider it a blessing to be, to be, uh, just a little bit, little bitty part of, of getting to see the, the inside of, of these last, uh, two and a half years, you know, and, and getting to experience it with you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Shoot. No, thanks. Um, that, uh, that's one of the, I guess one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned over the last two years, um, right away, I was still in ICU and was asking, asking the Lord for a, for a, for a verse. And, um, he showed me James one, two through four, uh, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy for, you know, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. And that really sunk home to me. Um, it, it doesn't say if troubles come your way, it says when troubles come your way to consider it an opportunity for great joy and that's a that's a hard thing to do when when we have struggles and when we have trials it's hard to it's hard to find the joy in that and i i struggle constantly with it still to this day um whenever i want to do something and and i'm literally incapable it that aggravates me that pisses me off and but 
at the end of the day that I just keep holding on to that verse that I guess the biggest lesson I've learned is be careful what you're complaining about because there's somebody out there praying that they had what you have. And Mm. I've, I've learned that along the way through my, through my rehab. um, I'm basically at the belly button and below is, is no feeling and minimal movement and above the belly button, I'm fully functional. (laughs) So I have my hands, I have my eyes, I have my head. I still work out pretty much every day and uh along along my journey i've ran into a lot of people that can't use their hands that hold their baby with a pill in their lap because they can't pick them up um people with brain injuries that that don't even recognize their family so that's one thing even when i'm frustrated and and angry and and mad at the world that's whenever i come back to back to reality it's to find the little things to be thankful for because no matter what situation you're in you can always be thankful for something mm-hmm. yeah man isn't that the truth isn't that the truth well good you uh you know you uh we talk a lot personally when we have opportunity we talk a lot about ministry and uh and and missions and at the end of the day like I said, you're, you're available to Jesus to do anything. And, and, and if you have an opportunity, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you have an opportunity to, to uh, have a, a pretty inspirational, fantastic speaker, uh, you know, I think Jr. is, I would encourage anyone to consider, uh, you know, reaching out to Jr. and, and, uh, and, and seeing about his availability because every opportunity I get I want him speaking to my people and, and at every camp we participate in, whether it's Mile City, Matitsi or, or wherever, uh, he's got a message, a message to give. Uh, I don't know how to... inspiring it would be, but I dang sure bet I could test your humor and make you laugh anyway. <laughs> well, I think either way, it's pretty inspiring. So pretty inspiring, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So one last question before we get started on the word. Do you ever have any dreams that you're, uh, that you're, that you're spurring one down at the NFR? I've never had a dream that I was riding a bucking horse again, but I have, I've had a handful of dreams where I was up walking, riding colts. Um, I just had one the other night, actually, probably a week or 10 days ago. I was up doing a speech um, in front of a crowd of people and this is actually funny that you said that I was up doing a speech in front of a bunch of people and uh, I was, I kind of had a hitch in my giddy up, but by golly, I was walking up to the stage and then all heck broke loose. Sound system went wrong and uh, uh, lights were falling down and uh, people were leaving and, and not real impressed, but there was a, there was a group of probably 50 or 60 people that ended up staying and just sat around everybody moved in closer there was a big grandstand full of people and most of them left and at the end of it there was about 50 or 60 people and we all gathered around the table and just had a big old conversation i woke up and i don't know what the conversation was about or any of it but i was i was walking again i've had plenty of dreams or i'm riding colts again or chasing cows but wake up put the smile on my face yeah i bet you were talking about jesus that's for sure i guarantee it so, well, like a, like I said, when we started this thing, 
um, uh, we uh, we kind of decided we were going to talk about this notion of grace through faith. Uh, and I, I read out of Ephesians 2.8, uh, you know, you can back all the way up to, uh, to uh, 4, 2, 4 says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, being rich in mercy because of his great love uh, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by faith. I'm sorry, by grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are, uh, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, uh, uh, like I said, I dumped that passage on, on, uh, on these boys and, and um, said, okay, we'll talk about this passage again in two weeks. So here we are, JR. What do you, what do you got stirring in you? Oh, shoot. Um, I think we all can agree. Um, the the grace message uh romans romans uh 10 9 uh tells us if you openly declare that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with god and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved um and so we can all agree that that it is god's grace it is god's um uh sacrifice of sending his only son down the cross for our sins um hey bud hold on. yeah can you get him out shall we please hey he just wants to be a part of the podcast he wants some ice cream he wants an ice cream sandwich. Oh, um, I do too. Anyways, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, that is what saves us is God's ultimate sacrifice, sending his only son to die on the cross for our sins, hanging our sins on the cross when he died. Um, that is what saves us. It is our faith that saves us. Um, and we, we, it's not earned. It's not, it's doesn't come with a price tag. Um, it's a free gift to all those that will openly declare with their mouth and believe in their heart that they are saved. They will be saved. Um, but on the other hand of that, whenever we are saved, uh, our, our lives are changed. Um, you, you 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 want to obey god you you get that conscious you know right from wrong um you get that sudden nudge in your heart that hey maybe i shouldn't go drink beers with my buddies anymore and so there's a fine line um what is it hold on sorry james uh i'm looking it up here so i don't misquote myself because i'm don't have a great memory uh james, james two. two james two two seventeen 
uh, tells us, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Uh, 18 says, now some, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So grace god's grace is what saves us none of us can take credit for that none of us can on our own power be saved it's a free gift from god but we also show that we are saved and we show god's grace through our good works and through our deeds and and through the through through the through the way that we treat people through the through the humbling of ourselves to think of others as better than ourselves um through through the way we treat our spouse to the way we treat our kids, to the things we do for our neighbors, to the things we do for our enemies, to those that hate us, we still have to be good to those people too. And so our good deeds and the works that we do on earth are, are what show our faith and our show uh, what, what we are saved. Um, also when we are saved, uh, Matthew five, I believe it's Yep, 5.13, Matthew 5.13 tells us that uh, we are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. 14 says you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So right there, it tells us that we, we're supposed to show our faith through our good works. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be the light. Not, we're not supposed to just be saved and then crawl in a hole and, and, and not do anything the rest of our lives. We're supposed to go out and do good to, do good to people. We're supposed to go out and, and, and work in homeless shelters. We're supposed to go out and, and serve serve others and serve people and wash others feet just as jesus did his disciples um we're supposed to humble ourselves and 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 see others as as better than ourselves and and others needs as 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 important as our own um so yeah i guess that just really rocked me you can't have you can't have faith without your good deeds and you don't you you don't your good deeds alone won't save you Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think the, the real key to that, to that kind of second part you talked about with the works or the good deeds is, is it, it really, it really is dependent on your perspective. You know, as a follower of Christ, Jesus says in John 14, 15, he says, look, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so it's not quite as painful to obey his commands if we if we love him but but if we're if we're over here trying to earn his love then the works is is difficult it's complicated so it really is a a positional where where you're operating from if you're operating from a place of of faith a place of grace where you know where you stand and you're not trying to earn your salvation then the works is a fruit of your salvation. It, it manifests in you, your good deeds, your, your ultimately your love and your neighbors. But if you're trying to earn your way into heaven, well, 
then, then that drives us straight to uh, the book of Galatians. And, and for me, this was, this was the most interesting thing because I assumed that my study would hover around Ephesians in the passage that, that got this whole thing started. But when I started hanging out in Galatians and reading Galatians, which the whole purpose of the book of Galatians was Paul wrote it to the church there that was um, being uh, influenced or infiltrated by Judaizers who were saying, yeah, sure, you need Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised. And so they were saying Jesus wasn't enough. Sure, you need Jesus, but you also need to, to be circumcised. And, and when you look at Galatians, Paul says in Galatians 5, and, and this, this right here, man, as I began studying it, just this perspective I've got, I got from this. He says, he says uh, Galatians 5.1 starts with, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, and not, therefore do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So what he's telling is Christ set you free. Faith in Christ has set you free from the works of the law. Don't yoke yourself back with the works of the law. He goes on and says, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, okay, just one part of a big law, just one little part, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Okay, so, so what you're doing is you've, you've professed Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. And then you say, but, but I need to make sure that I take communion. I need to make sure that I, you know, because if I don't do that, then Christ isn't enough. He says, I testify again, every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. And, and I'm reading that going, you know, just one if you, if you just accept one, one works, one law, then you are obligated to keep every law. And, and that just blows me away thinking about that. One's not enough. If you accept one, you have to accept all of them. He goes on in, in Galatians 5, 4, he says, you are severed from Christ if you do that. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. So you're trying to earn your salvation. Christ isn't enough whenever you yoke yourself to that. He said, through the spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith, listen to this, only faith working through love. Okay, so, so let's jump down just a little bit to 13. He says, okay, so I finished right there, faith working through love. 13 says, you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
bam, that just rocks me. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So if you think about what this says, okay, this says Christ has set you free. Your, your profession of faith in Jesus Christ has set you free from any obligation of the law. So we're not bound to the law in that way. But if you, if you love Jesus and you accept it, then you're going to love your neighbor. Well, that takes us back to Matthew 22, right? Jesus says the greatest commandment is this. You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Well, all Jesus was doing was quoting Leviticus 19. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, And so you don't have to be yoked to or obedient to the Ten Commandments. So you don't have to look at the Ten Commandments every day and go, okay, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't covet my neighbor's uh, wife and, uh, and things. I didn't commit murder. No, because if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, just what it says, freedom is loving your neighbor as yourself. You're not going to murder them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to uh, covet. You're not going to break the law because you're loving your neighbor. Well, your first neighbor is your wife, your second neighbor is your kids and the people around you, and it goes out to the ends of the earth. So all you do is love your neighbor. Wake up in the morning, you make the decision that I love Jesus, I'm going to love my neighbor. And, And then you begin to walk that out. You're kind. Well, if you skip down to um, 22, uh, 522, it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Well, if you're loving Jesus, that means you're walking by the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If those fruits are manifesting in you because you love Jesus, you're going to love your neighbor. You're not, your default setting isn't going to be selfishness, self-centeredness. It's going to be loving your neighbor. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what, I've, I've, been, I've been studying this, and there's so much more to talk about. I mean, I printed off 60 passages or more that address this idea or this notion of works versus grace. But I have hovered around this Galatians 5 because at the end of the day, Satan wants you striving. Satan wants you so focused on striving and good deeds that you don't have time to love Jesus. You don't have time to, for the fruits of the Spirit to manifest yep. in you. You don't have time to have a relationship with Jesus. And so you don't have time to grow spiritually because you're too busy striving and working. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, man, I've, I've just, I've just, well, I've fallen in love with Galatians. You know, I've always loved the book of Galatians. I've read it dozens of times, but when I just stopped and focused in this section right here, I've just been blown away, just been blown away by it. What do you think? 
You, you got your speaking Man, I, I think you hit it right on the nail head. Um, and what, uh, yeah, what really stood out to me is um, when, when, we're, when we're striving to please God, when we're worried about our works saving us, when we're worried about, worried about if we're doing enough, if we're reaching enough people, if we're spreading the message enough, if we're helping enough people out, if we're, if we are doing enough good deeds to make God happy, when we're more worried about that, we set such a high standard on ourselves because we look when, when we start doing that, we take, we take the, we take, we take the fatherly outlook of God on our lives away and we start working for it. Just, it's no, no, like I, I think about this. It's no different than a kid trying to impress his dad. He, if he looks up to his dad, if, if he wants to be just like his dad, he'll never be good enough because at the age of 12 years old, he can't lift as much as his dad can. He can't work as hard as his dad can. He can't, he can't, he can't do anything that makes anything that, that, that compares to what his dad can do. Mm. But does that make a good father love his kid any less? Absolutely not. That kid, that dad loves that kid just for being his son no matter what he accomplishes no matter whatever and that's how god looks at us so when we strive to to impress and to 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 do enough we set such a high standard on ourselves that we can't just accept god is our good god and god is our good father and and accept his love and 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 be content with where we're at and and have that full-hearted downright relationship with him knowing that we are doing enough if he sends us one person to save and we do it he will say well done my good and faithful servant mm -hmm. and when we work when we work so hard to, to to impress him all it does is burn up our burn up our energy because so i'm reading the bible front to back and i'm in judges now and from the beginning until I think I'm on Judges chapter 10, from the from Genesis 1-1 to Judges chapter 10, human nature has done nothing but fail over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And every single time we fail, God picks them up, gives them a hug, and gives them another try. And... I, I know the New Testament when Jesus came, the Messiah came to save us, that wrote all the or that overlapped all the laws that they didn't have to follow laws. But right now, so I'm in the Israelites have come into the promised land. Moses is dead. The ancestors have received the land. They've out they've allocated all the land up among the tribes. And time and time again, they as soon as one generation passes away the next generation rebels and and starts worshiping other gods and so so god picks a judge uh 
a, a leader to, to raise them up and get them back on the right path and overcome the, the oppression that they've, that they've overcame. And, and as soon as that guy dies, the next generation rebels against God. So human nature has shown us from the very beginning that trying to follow God's laws to save us is a failure. We, there's not ever been one person except Jesus that's ever been able to do it. Mm. So no sense trying now, no sense trying to prove to to prove the Bible wrong and to prove human nature wrong, you might as well just accept his grace, accept his love, accept that you're a sinner and you're going to fail at times, but God is a good God. And by his grace, he's going to pick you up give you a slap on the back, give you a big hug and give you another try. So go try to be good and love your neighbor. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I think about, I think about as, as you read, you know, if you, if you just hunker down in, in Galatians and just read it and study it and look through it and, and just kind of meditate on it, you know, as you, as you break it down, you, you can just see, I mean, uh, the works of the flesh that they talk about in Galatians five, I didn't read it. Um, but they're all selfish. They're all self-centered. They're all self-seeking. And so you read this uh, in 519, it says the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're one that professes Jesus as Lord, but you're bound up in these things, if you're bound up as a follower of Christ in fits of anger and jealousy, you know, which, what, it, what is that? Most of the time, that's striving. That's works. You're not doing enough. Someone else is better than you. You're not good enough. That idea, it says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and so as, as somebody that ultimately, one of the most significant words in this fruit of the spirit is peace, right? If you don't live with a sense of peace or have that available to you, but you profess Jesus as your Lord, or you, you think you've professed Jesus as your Lord, but you don't have any capacity to manifest these fruits of the Spirit, then you need to repent. You need to repent and realize because that, that the manifestation of the Spirit in your life, walking with the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, is going to manifest these things because you understand what JR just said, that God is there for you. Jesus is there for you. He's there to pick you up. He's there, to, but he still has expectations of you. There is the expectations, expectation to repent, to change directions and go the other way. And uh, change the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. Change the way you think. Romans 12, 2, do not be con formed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because what do we always want to do in the midst of struggle and trial? 
We want to go back to our old way of thinking and our old style of relating. Right? How many people do you know that that became radical followers of Christ and they get a bump in the road and all of a sudden they they turn into a drunk or they go back to their old ways ways of debauchery, their old ways of life. And and when you try to call them out, they get angry, fit of rage, you know, and all that. Um, Jesus is there for you. Jesus is there for you if you will um, declare him as Lord of your life and then live like he's Lord of your life. And we talk all the time about those, those things that help you uh, in your walk with Jesus. Uh, you know, spend time in the word. Because we were talking before we hit the record button. If you're not hearing from Jesus, you know, so many people say, I want to hear from God, but I don't hear from God. My first question is, are you in the word of God? And almost every time they say, well, no, not like I should be, or no, I'm not, or anything else. If you're not in the word of God, you're not going to hear from God, because that's your first avenue of hearing from God, because the words on the page in this Holy Bible are God speaking to us. So, you know. Spend time in the word, spend time in prayer and worship and spend time with like-minded believers. You want to be a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to see change and transformation take place in your life. Step away from the bar, step away from the people that are living uh, a fleshly lifestyle and start hanging around people that are, that are living a life by walking by the spirit and, uh, and, and then invite them into your life to speak into your life. So many people ask for accountability, ask for mentorship, ask for discipleship. But then when you start speaking into their sin, speaking into their garbage, they get angry and run away. And my question is, how bad do you want it? Because it doesn't look like you want it very bad. And, and JR makes, just makes an incredible point. We have a loving father that cares for us. Um, but he has expectations for us too. And, and uh, when we submit... When we submit and 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 grow in our love for Jesus Christ, we're gonna see we're gonna see change in our life. You're gonna see change in your life. So and there's a with that there's a there's an there's a, an unexplainable peace that comes by walking in the Spirit. It's oftentimes it calls us out of our comfort comfort zone. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. I think that's why so many people resort back to their old ways because it was easy. And I, and I can, I can say this from experience because I've lived by the flesh. I've lived a drunk. I've lived going to wild parties as a 22 year old punk kid with a bunch of money and not a single care in the world. And whenever I was living that way, walking by the flesh, life seemed easy, but inside was chaos Mm. there's always there's always chaos when you're living by the living by the flesh and yeah life might seem easy but but in all reality whenever i would wake up and look myself in the mirror i'd shake my head at myself because inside there was chaos i i knew i was supposed to be doing better i knew i wasn't supposed to be doing the things i was doing i 
whether it looked cool or not, I knew that I had a better image to uphold than what I was doing. And, and, and my insides were running wild. I was, I was, it was, it was pure chaos. And when, when, when you, when you walk by the spirit and, and you let the spirit lead you and, and yes, there's expectations. Yes. He calls those good fruits to come out of our lives and and sometimes it isn't easy and sometimes it is uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to go tithe to your enemy or to to go do good to those that that persecute you but when you step out of that comfort zone and and let the spirit lead you there's an unexplainable peace that comes from that you can lay down at night knowing that God is smiling at you and that it's, it's just, it's an unexplainable peace that comes from walking in the spirit, even when it isn't even easy, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it seems hard, whenever we humble ourselves and obey that little whisper and that nudge, there's an unexplainable peace that comes from that. Mm. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. So yeah, um, I want to encourage. I want to encourage you, uh, those of you who are listening to this, dive into the Word um, as you're as you're preparing to to dive into the Word on a daily basis. Just invite the Holy Spirit into it to speak to you while you're reading Scripture and studying. Um, find somebody that'll that'll do it with you. Find somebody that'll that will um, that'll commit to doing it with you. And and uh, look, if you don't know Jesus Christ. Um, begin to ask, uh, if you refuse, if you reject Jesus Christ, uh, because your church burned or because you're, you're, you know, you knew people that call, claim to be Christians, but they didn't live like it. Uh, well, you're putting your faith in the wrong thing because Jesus, Jesus doesn't let you down. And, uh, I just want to encourage you to spend time in the word, realize that, that true love in Jesus Christ uh, doesn't manifest burdens, burdens of obedience, burdens of trying to earn your salvation. It manifests fruits of the spirit that begin to, to that begin to show in your life. And uh, and yeah, I'll tell you what I'm gonna. I got a. I was reading the, uh, the other day, and I came across this quote, and I just thought it was fantastic. It says, there is one great common denominator between all religions outside of Christianity. They all believe that a right standing with God is based upon obedience, personal merit, or some ability to please God. Christianity stands alone in the, de in the declaring that man is hopelessly and helplessly lost. He cannot improve his standing before God. He cannot obey God. He cannot please God. If he is to be saved, God alone must save him. It is this one truth that fallen man hates most of all, for it requires him to humble himself before God, acknowledge his sin, and ask for mercy or forgiveness. And, uh, and as a follower of Jesus Christ, nothing but good comes out of that repentance. So... What do you think, Jr.? Man, Any that final was, thoughts. That, that was fire. No, I think, I think, I think that was great, great conversation, man. And 
that you, you hit it on the nail head. That little last passage there hit on the nail head. And so that's the, that's the, that's the hard pill to swallow that it isn't earned. It isn't, it isn't, doesn't have a price tag. We can't just go out and purchase our salvation. It's a free gift to us. Yeah. And especially yeah. those in the ranching world or the cowboy world, we hate taking free handouts and, and, and that's what it is. It's a free handout for those that are willing to take it. And, and it doesn't make you any less of a human. It doesn't make you any less of a man to humble yourselves and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for, thank you for your salvation. Change my life. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us on our uh, uh, Cowboy Connection podcast. We'll uh, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new uh, a new episode. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, we'd love for you to share this uh, to others. Uh, if you have any questions or or uh, need prayer or anything, you can reach out to us at cowboyconnection at gmail.com. That's a cowboyconnection at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to reach out to anyone in particular, by all means, send an email and, and I'll get it to them. And, uh, hey, I look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. Good job, man. Good conversation, JR. I hope our two, two brothers are back with us next time. And, uh, hey, why don't you close us out in a word of prayer? Yeah, you bet. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are good. You are great. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your mercy. Um, I just thank you for your free gift of salvation that you offer to each and every one of us. I just ask, Lord, that if anybody listening to this um, feels that feels that tension on their heart to to turn their life to you, that you just allow this 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 word to, to plant a seed in their heart and just let them get rid of that strife, get rid of that striving to, to, to get rid of the, the, the image of having to, to be good enough and, and just to humble themselves to just accept you as their savior. Lord, I just thank you for, for those out there listening. I thank you for Kevin and, and we just pray for, for, for Bill and Tad to be back with us. And I just, just, Thank you, Lord, for your message, and and thank you for the stirring in, in my life that that you have given me through through this through this podcast and through through the studying of the Word and through the accountability of my brothers that you have put in my life. I just thank you for your Son dying on the cross for our forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>